MP, 2020 is in full swing, and our second wellness base camp of the year is not far away. That's right, Bredo. Camden, just out of Sydney, hosts the wellness base camp on Saturday, April 4th. Our base camp theme for 2020 is release your overwhelm and find your clarity. Kim Morrison will help you get clear on all things self-love. Marcus Pierce will help you find your clarity on life, purpose, and relationships. And the great man, Brett Hill, will help you release limiting beliefs and develop a growth mindset. And as always, expect a surprise or two, Marcus. Saturday, April 4, the Camden Civic Centre. Tell your friends, bring your family and colleagues, and make sure you go to the website, Bretto. TheWellnessBaseCamp.com, and there are two-for-one tickets available right now. That's Saturday, April 4, in Camden. Tickets at TheWellnessBaseCamp.com. TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to 100 Not Out, featuring your hosts, Dr. Damien Christoph and Marcus Pierce. Hello and welcome to 100 Not Out, a weekly show dedicated to helping you master the art of aging well. Marcus Pierce here with you and I tell you what, it gives me great Italian Sardinian excitement to introduce the country's premier wellness expert. He is the food guru, the chiropractic champion, the naturopath of naturopaths. He is the longevity expert, my brother from another mother, the great Damien Christoph. Hello, legend. Marcus Pierce, it's so great to be here with you. What a great, very exciting day for us. Uh, I'm very excited today, and thank you so much for a great in- uh, introduction. You do it every single week. Well, one day you're going to let me introduce you, and probably the whole interview will just be my introduction for you. Be just <laughs> be a lot of Pierce love going on there. Piercey, I'm excited about today. Uh, flying over to, uh, to Italy to do a great interview. I'll let you uh, talk more about that. How are you, great man, though? I am fabulous, and you're right. We are going over to Italy. It is in the evening here in Australia, and we are going to head on over to Sardinia because our guest on today's podcast is our host during the 100 Not Out Sardinian Longevity Experience. Dr. Ivo Parisi holds a PhD in biology and a specialization in nutrition. He worked as a researcher for five years at the University of Cagliari. That's my Australian Oka pronunciation. That is in Sardinia, of course, where he studied the metabolism of fats. Dr. Ivo spent his childhood and youth in a very small village of inner Sardinia. I think it's called Escolica, where the community relationships and bonds are still very strong and important. Today, Dr. Evo works with local communities, artisans, farmers, shepherds, wine growers, and develops programs on Sardinian longevity and the Blue Zones. It goes without saying, we are so excited to head on over to Sardinia right now. We're going there in August for 10 days, August 19 to 28, where Evo and the locals will show us how the Sardinians do their longevity. Let's head on over right now to Cagliari to welcome to the podcast, Dr. Evo Parisi. Evo, welcome for jo- uh, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thank you for having me here. It's a huge pleasure to enjoy this chat with you guys. And, uh, and I mean, I, I don't know at this point if you will be allowed in Escolca, which is the right pronunciation of the village where I was born. And since we have planned to spend there a few days and you have really minced, uh, uh, mispronounced the name, I don't know if you will be allowed to improve you know <laughs> <laughs> i'll get on him i'll get on him i'll leave that to me Ivo. i'll get on him <laughs> it's uh he's 
it's pro- you should hear his Greek. It's almost as good as it's, as Italian. It's amazing. <laughs> Evo, it's so great to have you on our podcast today, and we're really looking forward to coming to Sardinia in August. And you know, many people, particularly in Australia, and you know, over you know, in any other part in the world, see Sardinia as a hot spot for the rich and famous. And obviously, that's one part of Sardinia. But recently, obviously, with the blue zones and the work that Dan Butner did, you know, the you know, the understanding of uh, Sardinia being you know, one of the greatest places in the world if you want to live a long time to go to. Um, you know, we're going to be learning all about that and we'll be going to a different part of Sardinia. We'll be going off the beaten track to villages that are completely different to the ritzy glamour holidays that some people like. What's it like living on an island that's so incredibly different to anything else that anyone else has seen? You mean in generally in the island or in, uh, in, in, in the centre of the island where we'll be strolling? Well, you know, I mean, the island itself will be, I suspect, beautiful and gorgeous, but we are spending a lot of time in the centre of the island. So we're going to the mountain, that's where we're going to be, because that's where people live a long time. What's it like living up there? Um, I mean, it's like, uh, it, it, it's quite hard to, to, to answer this question in just a sentence or in a few sentences. And, and at the same time, I don't want to spoil uh, the surprise during your trip. Uh, but I mean, I think that uh, it will be quite interesting for uh, for you to 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 to, to enjoy this uh, this uh, this trip, especially in, in inner Sardinia, because in a certain way, still uh, we will have the possibility to see some traces of a culture which is uh, incredibly old and took centuries and centuries of experience in a certain way to be. Built now. I'm not saying that over there they are living uh, like in the freezer. Uh, uh, I mean things are, are changing over there so fast, so uh, quickly. But at the same time, still there are some elements that have been that uh, that are gone away, that have fainted away in other parts of Sardinia and and, and of course in other parts of uh, the Mediterranean basin. So. That will be, let's say, the base uh, of our experience. I mean, uh, enjoying these elements that could be, in a certain way, inspiring for our daily lives. So, Ivo, this is what fascinates us about uh, Sardinia. When we go to the Greek uh, blue zone of Ikaria, the whole island, which is population seven and a half, eight and a half thousand, is very similar. They all live a very similar lifestyle. Um, Every village you go to, there is, for want of a better term, a, a longevity culture. Um, Sardinia seems like, from a blue zone perspective, uh, a, a needle in a haystack. From our understanding, and, and feel free to correct us, there's only about 13 villages that make up this official blue zone, and it might only be 10, 20, maybe 30,000 people in, a, in an island population of 1.6 million or so. Um, is it like chalk and cheese? I think what Damo's saying, is it, you know, what's it like being on an island where you've got all this ritz and glamour of what everyone reads and then you go into the middle of the island and you literally go into the needle of the haystack? Um, is it like going back in time? I mean, it's, it's really, really, really complex. I mean, first, uh, it's true that some researchers, some scientists will refer to the Sardinian Blue Zone talking about uh, 19 villages, others to 16, others to 13. Right now, uh, it is widely accepted that uh, cer- certain numbers are shared 
by six, by a tiny uh, area, a cluster of villages, which are made of six, only six villages in, in the very center of the island. But certain numbers, especially if you are talking about the male life expectancy, are boasted only by two villages, which are Seulo and Villa Grande Strisaili, which boasts uh, uh, a, 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 an index of longevity, which is uh, roughly 38, 42% higher than the rest of the villages. Now, what is quite interesting is that uh, everything in Sardinia, every single village in Sardinia, and we have 377 different municipalities, in a certain way have a different mentality and a different culture because everything that has worked here in Sardinia is the combination of two different elements. The, um, some aspects that have been imported from abroad through uh, the centuries by other Mediterranean powers and the fact that those elements have stayed for, for hundreds and hundreds of years in complete isolation. Because you wouldn't believe me if I say that until the 60s, for instance, these tiny villages in, the, in, in Sardinia were not even linked by roads. So it's like if in every single village and in every single historical region, we have developed a different system, a different culture in a certain way. So uh, when it comes to talk about Sardinia, it's, uh, we should always imply and accept a huge degree of diversity, uh, which at, at, a certain, uh, at a certain time, it's, it's also the great value of Sardinia. So uh, the differences that you might explore in the costs or uh, while moving inward, uh, everything is based on these very important differences. Uh, <clears throat> yeah. This is, I think, uh, the, the one of the most interesting uh, aspects that, that uh, I can share with you. Yeah, it's uh, well, that is very interesting because uh, I, I suppose our experience um, is, is certainly not as vast as what your experience is with longevity and the, the culture of longevity, but we often talk about. Um, the people who live a long time, particularly the people that we've interviewed over the last, you know, seven or eight years doing this podcast, people have made it to 100 years old. There's a few things that seem to be working in their favour, favor, and, and that would be uh, purpose, that they continue to move and they continue to have social engagement. And, and we've identified that those three factors seem to be a large part of the longevity matrix uh, that keeps people I suppose in our part of the world, living a long time, and in other parts of the world, it appears that that also seems to be the case. Do you think that plays a role in Sardinia? The, the oh, idea of, of purpose and movement, and of course, yeah. of course, of course, of course, it plays a role. I mean, what 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 has happened? Uh, so sorry for not answering straight your uh, questions, but I mean, I feel that there are hundreds and hundreds of uh, different aspects that I would like to, 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 to talk about and share go with for you. It. Yeah, no, go and for it. It's, uh, it's like if sometimes I uh, don't even know from what direction to pick. I mean, something that the scientific community in a certain way and other, let's say, let's call 
call them, generally speaking, journalists, have tried to investigate in different uh, blue zones in the world in order to collect certain elements that could be shared in a certain way among the different blue zones. Is that correct? So they've tried to underline the, the, the sense of purpose, being loved, uh, leading a certain lifestyle, basically uh, following a certain diet, which is just uh, just slightly accented with a little bit of meat, but basically it is uh, <coughs> a vegetarian diet and so on and so forth. I mean, we have read hundreds and hundreds of times about this formula because someone needs to find a recipe, otherwise you can't sell anything. Mm, yeah, totally. <laughs> Commercializing it. It's a, a much, 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 much more complicated than that. And I'm sorry to disappoint you, but <laughs> while traveling with me in Sardinia, you won't understand the secret for living 120 years. I love being honest about that. Mm. It's, it's much more complicated than that. And if we, if we analyze the lives of these guys that today have 105 years, 100 years, meaning that they were born in the 20s, they have led a very different and complicated life which cannot be summarized with, uh, uh, with a few numbers or with a formula. Because uh, everybody, everybody neglect to say how the, 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 the world has changed in between, for instance, uh, the, 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 the first decade of the past century before the first World War One, and then after that, and then the World War Two, And so even the pattern of their lives has, has changed dramatically. Yeah. And... Uh, <clears throat> And of course, uh, the, the sense of purpose is something that really belongs to those people. But in a certain way, what matters is that, uh, I mean, I, I have interviewed dozens and dozens of these uh, elders and 19 genarians or even centenarians uh, during 20 years of, of uh, experiencing in a certain way this field. And what I can tell you is that uh, for them, for, for them, even having having a purpose probably is a different concept uh, compared to to, to, to to ours. Because for them, having a purpose is just waking up the day after at five o'clock in the morning and tending their sheep. That is just sticking to a big plan and not waiting for something else. I mean, for them, having a purpose means living the present. Means. Uh, uh, following the rules that uh, uh, have been written for them means just uh, enjoying the flow of life and not waiting for something else. They are not living in a projection. I don't know if it is clear what I'm trying to say. So for them, having yeah. a purpose is just uh, doing their duty. <laughs> doing their bit. They're just doing their bit. They're not. They're not waiting for you know, something to happen in the future, they're living in the now, they're present with their consciousness, they're thinking about what they've got to get done, that's their bit, then the day's done. Yeah, gotcha. 
Yeah, I love what you're saying, Evo, and it's and I love uh, Damo and I just sending each other little notes whilst you're saying, uh, just saying how much we love your passion and your inspiration and your yeah. enthusiasm for really it's uh, it's 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 beyond patriotism. You absolutely love this content. It's nice to find a brother from another mother that loves talking about <laughs> longevity. Um, this little bromance we've got going on here, we love. But what what I'd love to know is in hearing you talk about it in this way, I know there's listeners going. Yeah, but Eva, what about the genes and what about the air they breathe and what about, you know, certain lifestyle practices, the wine, the oil? And I'm, I'm pretty sure you're going to say it's a combination of all of these things. But in today's world, a lot of people are determined to point at genes and they will say that they can't live a great long life because they just don't have those genes. You have people from all over the world coming on your island, many of them uh, from universities and the rest. What is your response to that question when people ask you about the gene profile of these Sardinian elders? Yeah, you know, I mean, I've been I've been working closely, uh, especially with Johnny Pest, that right now is considered to be the the most uh, um, authoritative uh, uh, researcher in the field. I mean, actually, he was the one who discovered the blue zones while. Uh, leading a research in the middle of the 90s together with uh, Michel Poulain, who's a, who's a Belgian demographer. Uh, and, and, and they were the, the, the first ones to identify these uh, clusters of uh, longevity in, in, in Sardinia. And anyway, even, even in, in his opinion or in, in the opinion of uh, most of the researchers, they will come back with a number saying that uh, uh, genetics contribute for, let's say, 90%, 20%, 25%. They like to use these numbers, which haven't been invented, of course. They are the result of very serious and structured researches that have been led on twins in Europe and elsewhere. We have uh, many valuable scientific papers that prove that, especially studying the twins, you have a contribution of uh, the genes, but then it's lifestyle that uh, plays an important role. Now, that this one is taken as uh, an assumption and has been written in, in to the rock, which is, according to me, not entirely fair because things could be different in some villages here in Sardinia. Now, let me <clears throat> come back with an example. <clears throat> if we talk about Seulo, which is a very small village a cleaning in, in, in the mountains in, in center uh, Sardinia. Um, <clears throat> it's a place where uh, has been clearly proved that uh, among, uh, let's say that 1% of the newborns that were born after 1850 made their way to 100. 1% of the total newborns, which is amazing. Meaning that, I mean, until a couple of years ago, they still had seven centenarians living in a population of 900 people because we are talking about a very small village. <clears throat> Which means 
one almost every 100 people. And most of them, the majority, were male centenarians because they have, they've had 21 centenarians since 1864 uh, and 11 were male and 10 were female. So it's one of the few cases in the world where the, 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 where, where the proportion is in favor to the male centenarians. Now, all over the round, even in other villages, which are only five kilometers away, for instance, in Savali or in Seui, you do not have these incredible numbers. And they share the same altitude. The lay of the land is quite similar. Even the steepness, which is quite something when you are talking about aging, uh, is, is quite the same. The lifestyle of those people. I'm not talking about my little village, which is 10 kilometers away, but still has a different culture because basically was based on farming. Mm -hmm. I am talking about other mountainous lifestyles and shepherds going around and, and tending their flocks under the same conditions. Well, in, in these other clusters, in these other villages, longevity is not there, while in Seulo, they boast these incredible numbers. It is undeniable that genetics in that case has played a role. Unless you are capable of uh, 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 picking certain significant difference in between Seulo and the other villages. But until now, no one was able to find these uh, elements that could have played uh, uh, this, uh, this difference. So <clears throat> it's very, I mean, it's very, uh, it's, it's very complicated and probably we, we, we don't have the knowledge right now to, 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 uh, to, to answer this question, but, uh, uh, but at the same time, I don't think it is fair to just to answer saying that genetics uh, uh, are implied for uh, 20%. I mean, it's not, yeah. uh, it's still, it's, it's still a bit, yeah, it's still a bit ambiguous. It's, it's not yet fully defined. Um, I'm, I'm loving this. I'm loving your excitement about it. Well, there's, there's interesting things happening in the there's I suppose you can now call it the world of longevity, Evo. You can kind of say these days there's an industry uh, that's been set up to sell longevity. And so there's some speakers out there that kind of look at the scientific papers and they go, oh, that, that chemical and that herb and that vitamin, um, this probiotic, um, this extract from red wine, and, and all of these things have been shown to improve uh, longevity through the lengthening of the telomeres. Uh, and so I'm going to inject myself with all of this stuff. I'm going to take hundreds of these supplements every single day because that's going to guarantee me longevity. I'm interested because that hasn't been my experience. I haven't seen anybody who's lived to 100 years old take 100 supplements. I haven't seen anybody who's lived to 100 years old um, inject themselves with um, with different pharmaceutical interventions. I haven't seen anybody um, who's lived to 100 years old uh, do uh, ketogenic fasting or intermittent fasting or any of these sorts of diets. Do you think that they're maybe missing the point of longevity if they're taking all of those supplements and things? Completely missing the point. I mean, uh, talking about what we mentioned before, honestly, I mean, because sometimes, especially when we talk about longevity in a very romantic way, 
we tend to underline a certain spell of time which goes from the 20s to the 40s uh, because it's like that uh, that lifestyle has been lost in time and uh, and it's there that everyone seems to be digging in order to find the secret of uh, uh, of uh, uh, the, the fountain of of longevity let's say yeah. and uh, but but honestly it, 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 and I'm talking as as a nutritionist I wouldn't I wouldn't suggest that kind of diet nowadays, because especially in, in, in during those years in Sardinia, fruits didn't exist. I mean, <laughs> that fact, fruits didn't exist, and veg. Do you think that they were eating vegetables? Even that vegetables didn't didn't exist. And 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 and, 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 and there are a lot of talks about that that, that 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 implementing their diets with olive oil, and they didn't didn't use olive oil. I mean, you will discover these things on your own. Meeting and talking with with dozens and dozens of nineteen generations, and they will still are cooking using lard instead of olive oil. Mm-hmm. Of course, I'm not saying that uh, uh, the consumption of uh, uh, saturated fats will uh, lengthen your life expectancy. Uh, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying that, and I'm not <laughs> saying. I'm not saying that eating meat. Instead of vegetables, it's a it's it's a good idea. I am not saying that, but uh, what I'm saying is that uh, their diets were very. I mean, uh, especially the diets that are related with a certain lifestyle, which is the one of the shepherd. Because when we this is undeniable. Let's talk. Let's start from something which is quite certain. Longevity. In Sardinia has been associated with uh, the lifestyle of the shepherds. That is hundred percent. And rosemary. All, the, all yeah, most of the <laughs> if not all the centenarians were shepherds, and uh, until that, that, let's say the sixties, the fifties, the shepherds, especially up in the mountains, have always followed a certain rhythm, doing something which is known with the name of transhumanza. What is it? Transhumanza was when the shepherds would have left their communities for six months because the environment over there was not suitable for uh, for the flocks. So living away from the communities, they would have lived only relying on what was possible to produce with their flocks, which means cheese. And uh, the, the, wives were, were the, the wives were supposed to bake the bread for six months. That's why they have invented the flatbread, because basically being dehydrated lasts forever. So that was the staple diet was bread and cheese, or sometimes bread and ricotta cheese. And since they had animals, they were sometimes butchering an animal and eating meat in order not to starve. Of course, In this lifestyle, which was not easygoing and stress-free, as everyone keeps saying, but it was a lot of hardships, a lot of tough, difficult times, of course, sometimes they went under caloric restriction. Of course, sometimes they followed a, 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 a pattern which was based on intermittent fasting. Of course. That was part of their routine because they've never, never, never acknowledged abundance. 
So that could be the key point, not having overfed, because if it is true that they followed dozens and dozens of different patterns, because when you interview these people, you won't be given a single answer about their uh, eating behaviors. But this is, this is true that every single one of them was not overweight. So, uh, and, and, and that was conditioned by the huge movement and physical activity they were forced to do because cars didn't exist. So even for reaching their working place or for chasing after the flocks, it has been calculated that they have walked, I don't know, 15, 18 miles per day, every single day of their lives. Now, talking about supplements, as you mentioned before, and all these things, I mean, uh, there have been, I mean, we have, uh, we've read about a lot of speculations, and especially like 10 or 12 years ago, uh, it seemed that we were very close to something incredibly meaningful when we discovered the resveratrol that was even published by Cordero in Science, so we are not talking about nothing. And they proved that the resveratrol, which is the potent, incredible antioxidant present in the, in the skin of the Canonal grapes, which is one of the varieties of grapes that we have over those mountains, they've discovered that it was capable of lengthening the life expectancy in the fruit flies of the 20. 5% in the warms of 28% and in, uh, in some yeasts even more than that. But at the same time, a few years later, someone else proved clearly that in order to have the same results in humans, you should have drank 180 liters of wine per day. So, come on. <laughs> I, mean, uh, this, I mean, sometimes we feel just... Uh, lost because uh, unfortunately with uh, a scientific paper you can prove everything and the contrary it's quite difficult if you are trying if you have a direction even if you are honest and and and, and, and honest in confront of what you believe you will tend to to to, to prove that your, your line is the right one and unfortunately with that huge variety of uh, uh, scientific papers, you have the possibility to prove everything. Uh, so it takes time to, for, for science to pile up a certain knowledge in order to, 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 to make it a discovery reliable. And uh, uh, what, I can, what I can assure is that our centenarians don't even know what a supplement is. Mm. Well, we'd love to know, Evo, do they know what poor gut health is? When we were in Icaria, Thea Pericos, our host there, was saying that she doesn't even hear about gut health issues in Icaria. There's no conversation about poor gut health. You know, they might know that a certain bean doesn't agree with their body, but when Damien and I are doing presentations and running events, we ask people to put their hands up who he has a gut health problem and everyone puts their hands up. There's a there's a, a global movement of poor gut health. What is your observation amongst the elders um, on the island of Sardinia when it comes to their gut health? I mean, it's going, it's going to be a big, big, big thing. I mean, I mean, not, I mean, not only talking about blue zones or longevity. I mean, right now it seems that that one will be the new 
frontier that will change uh, medicine in a certain way, even the research in a wider in a wider concept. I mean, what I can tell you is that there, are, there is a lot of interest in the gut microbiota and in the gut microbioma right now. And even in this community, since before I mentioned about the transhumanists, do you remember when I told you that the shepherds would have moved uh, away from 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 their uh, from their communities? I mean, I, 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 at a certain point in the 70s, when uh, it, it didn't make sense anymore to keep coming and going, certain people established away from their communities, but they kept interbreeding with their acquaintances. <laughs> so it's like, it's, like if, it's like if right now we have different satellites of people that share the same uh, genetic uh, pool, but at the same time they have developed and grown living in different contexts, in different environments. And that gives you the possibility to explore and investigate how their gut microbiota has changed. I don't know if it is clear. So right now, there are a lot of interesting uh, insights and studies which are trying to investigate if the microbiota is involved. But I mean, are we sure that uh, it makes sense? Of course it is involved. I mean, the microbiota is everything. But what, what we are trying to prove? I mean, it's in order to have... Uh, that microbiota, you need to be completely connected with the environment. Totally. What, I mean, I mean, probably in 10 years' time, we will be completely capable of uh, tracking down all the genders and different species of bacteria that, that are important in order to protect yourself or in order in a certain way, just, to, just in a nutshell, in order to lengthen your life expectancy. But uh, it won't be possible to transplant the tools and have that kind of microbiota because that will be strongly conditioned by the lifestyle that has to be led in that particular environment. Because one of the most important things is the imprinting, which happens in the first months of your life. Uh, so, I mean, these studies are incredibly interesting, but at the same time, uh, I don't know if they will let us live longer. What yeah. we can do is instead try to try to understand what could be uh, important and what might have played an important role in longevity in in, in, in those societies where the gut microbiota was particularly resilient and sound. I mean. This is uh this is so fascinating and so I'm getting a I'm getting a lot from this Marcus and I think we could probably do a couple of episodes after this just discussing all the things that Evo is talking about. Yeah. I'm just wondering, Evo, as you talk about this, obviously we're talking gut microbiome, we're talking you know 130 liters of wine per day, which sounds amazing, um, and we're talking about a whole lot of other different things. What is the typical daily diet of the Sardinian elder? Like what what are they eating these days? And do you think that the younger generation coming through are going to live to 100 years old? Now, as I told you before, it's quite, it's very, diff it's very difficult to answer um, with, a, with, a, with, a, with, a, with a simple description their diets. First, because their diets through the years changed a lot. 
And as a result, especially um, as a result of those hardships and as a result of not having, uh, and of not knowing abundance, especially yeah, the diet but, powers and But these days, like, has the, has the diet moved a I'm, long I'm, way away? Like, a, yeah. I, I'm arriving there. Because what I wanted to say is that after the 70s, in a certain way, their diets changed a lot and they tend to avoid vegetables and to eat a lot of meat as a result of not having had the possibility to enjoy the meat during their youth. Um, mm. So, I mean, uh, I could have answered straight away, they love eating meat, even if uh, uh, in a certain way for most of their, their life, probably it was not true. Um, I mean... Uh, so it's becoming it, more abundant now. The, like the food supply now yeah. these days, it, everything's there. Everything's there. It changes. It, it changes. Uh, it changes a lot. But what I can say is that they, at the base of their diets, uh, sometimes uh, uh, there were the legumes, uh, the bread, and the cheese uh, can be considered probably the the, the the staple diet of the shepherds. But what is more meaningful is that they've always consumed and had seasonal products which were grown locally. And this not too the, much. Not yes, too yes, much. yes, yes. Uh, and, so, and, and, not, and not eating too much. I mean, this is, this is what I feel is meaningful uh, as a description for their diet. Yeah, so not paleo. They, they weren't. They weren't paleo. They're not doing the carnivore diet. So what we're trying to just point out to people who are listening to this is that it's not some crazy fad diet. It's like it's it's choosing foods that are seasonal, local, if you can, organic and whole. Like this is what we're talking about. We're having a sensible diet based on the environment that you grow up in. There's no point um, trying to eat all fancy foods if you've never grown up with those fancy foods. That's kind of where we're going. Mm. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's an important point and one that we're looking forward to experiencing for ourselves whilst we're over in Sardinia with you, uh, Eva. I wouldn't mind just before we wrap it up to uh, for, for you to paint a picture of some of the activities that we'll be experiencing. I might just list a few of them and then if you can share with us maybe some of your favorites. Um, obviously, there'll be plenty of olive oil, uh, some tasting, uh, making pasta, you know, making bread, drinking wine. Going for plenty yeah. of walks. Um, we're going to go and, and work with a shepherd in the Siulo woods. Uh, we'll be hiking through national parks. We're going to a deserted island, Maldaventure. I don't know how to pronounce it, but Maldaventure Island. Um, a lot of cultural activities, music, um, all types of things. What are some of the highlights of this trip that you believe um, our attendees and our listeners that would like to join us in the future um, can really look forward to? You know, uh, every every single thing in a certain way will be uh, 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 just a small detail. Will be an element. Then, then, then <clears throat> will be linked and connected with uh, with with the rest. <clears throat> so it's it, it, I'll be, I will be trying to tell you a story. And in order to understand that story, you need to 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 understand every and enjoy every single detail. So. I won't be highlighting uh, a single thing because everything will be part of something which is uh, a wider concept. Uh, so when we will be uh, with the shepherd, we will take the chance to walk with him in order to understand what steepness means. Or we will be enjoying his incredibly stinky cheese because uh, 
that will give us the possibility to talk about uh, fermentation and will, will give us the possibility to understand how the, enviro the, the, the environment can contaminate the food only in at that particular altitude, only in those particular conditions. Or we will make the pasta, we will make the bread, we will talk about refined flowers, we will talk about ancient varieties of wheat, we will talk about metabolic syndromes, but that will be just a pretext because we will try to, to enjoy the making of the bread with the community. We'll, we'll try to involve the neighbor because that was essential. I mean, it's not only about diet, it's everything that lies beneath the diets, which implies the interactions among people that made something which is called a culture. And a culture cannot be analyzed just talking about wine or bread or the vegetables. I mean, it's a more um, complex uh, um, system. I mean, it, it takes... A lot. That's why uh, this interview was not a success because I couldn't answer your questions because it's not even possible. I mean, uh, you need to be here. You need to breathe the air. You need to look at the people. You need to 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 to, to feel the smell of a place. Otherwise, <clears throat> you won't take that the, the meaningful. Uh, secret of <laughs> living in a in a, in a in a in a certain way. And Evo, this this <laughs> this uh, interview has been a, 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 like a raging success. Like I, Marcus and I are smiling because you're passionate. Like we're smiling because you mentioned culture. We're smiling because what you're talking about floats our boat. It takes a hundred years to experience what it what it takes to live a hundred years. So like it's it's you know. What you're talking about, we can't wait to be part of it. It's it's just going to be absolutely incredible. And I think you said, Evo, what oh, – sorry, go on. Some, I'm sorry, guys. If I can add something is that sometimes I really feel that uh, the, the blue zones and the longevity for me probably it's just a pretext in order to bring people together. Because in the end, I think that one of the most meaningful experiences that you will be enjoying together with trying to understand what – might be uh, involved in longevity will be meeting the locals in the first time. So yes. you will have the possibility to interact with people that generally is not even framed in the touristic field. Mm. And that will be, I think, one of the most important uh, uh, aspects and experiences that you, will be, that you will be able to bring away with you. Well, Evo, uh -huh. we just want to let you know that everything that you said, as Damo was just saying, everything that you said, we agree with. We have, um, Damo and I do a lot of speaking here in Australia. We run a lot of events and we're often saying about longevity. All of this information is just information. There is no other way to fully immerse and own this information than experiencing the culture, experiencing Sardinia, being there in the flesh. Uh, we had some feedback from our trip uh, in Icaria last year. She said, I don't feel like a local. I feel like a traveler. I feel like I'm here. Uh, sorry, I don't feel like a tourist. I feel like a traveler. I feel like I'm one of the locals here because I'm immersed in the culture. And to hear you talk about immersing ourselves in the culture is why Damien and I have such a big smile on our face because we don't want to come over. And I'm sure there's a lot of uh, tourists that do this. They want to come over and find this fountain of youth this this magic pill um 
we want to experience the culture. We want to experience the depth, the authenticity. We want to experience the, we want to observe the hardships that people have gone through to live their great long lives. And, um, hearing you speak, Evo, just excites us so much to come over and enjoy this experience uh, with you in Sardinia in August. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing your inspiration and your passion with us uh, on the podcast. Uh, I can't wait to travel with you guys, and I promise that you won't be disappointing. Thank you. As as we like to say in Australia, with all we those things, we will have we a say, lot of fun. Uh, grazie mille. <laughs> <laughs> grazie a voi. Grazie a voi. Ci vediamo presto in Sardegna. I'll be, I'll be learning more, Dave. Worry, I'll be learning more. <laughs> oh, I'll tell you what, I cannot wait. So we are in Sardinia, guys, with Ivo Parisi from August 19 to 28. If you would like to join us, head on over to 100notout.com. That's 100notout.com. If you have any questions, just send me an email, marcus at thewellnesscouch.com. Uh, as Ivo said, it's great to listen to a podcast, but nothing can prepare you for the longevity experience of a lifetime. It's not a tour. It's not a retreat. It is an experience. Experience. We would love to have you there. Eva Parisi, thank you so much for giving up your time uh, in the morning over there in Sardinia. We cannot wait to see you in August. And as we like to wish all of our guests, Evo, may the rest of your life continue to be the best of your life. Thank you. Thank you so much. See you soon, guys. Bye-bye. Thank you. And to you, our loyal listeners, until next week, may the rest of your life be the best of your life. Bye for now. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.